God, they should have brought that back for the bubble. Um, well, you hear the cowbell. That means Heat Check Podcast is back with your favorite unnamed, unintroduced host. <laughs> Anonymous over here. Um, it's been a it's been a, a very entertaining week of basketball, at least in some of the series, not all. Um, but when we last left, the Magic and Blazers had made somebody a lot of money if they voted for both of them game one. Um, but let's. They had one of leads at that point, right? They had one of leads at that point. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the Lakers now up three games to one. Um, yeah, with Damian Lillard out, it's over, right? Yes, that series is over. I mean, it's it's been over for the last two day, like two games, but yeah, with with Damian Lillard, it's it's over. Yeah, they they seem to not be able to to find that magic game one. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Um, in watching those games, it seemed like they just early on. You know, both games they kind of get uh, games two and three at least. They kind of just never really found anything early. Um, I, yeah, I agree. You know, and I. Uh, I I look to Dane to maybe be a little bit more aggressive in some of those. He looked like he was trying to get his guys going. And yeah, at a certain point, I you got to be like, all right, tweet. let me get going. I saw a tweet that was saying that Portland looked like a team that had already been playing 10 playoff games. And when you think about it, you know, they have. So yeah. as it makes sense, right? Like they are – they do seem a little bit more like Nurkic looks really tired at the end of the game, especially with Zach Collins being yeah. out. Like they're definitely with or without Damian Lillard. I do think that they looked more fatigued than the Lakers did. For sure. Um, it makes sense, right? Like they've been, yeah. they had, they had to, they've had to treat these last, you know, eight games like a, like a must wins. So. Yeah. And then you have to have to play a game. So they had nine games before, that all meant right. something. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Nurkic, Nurkic did look tired. I mean, we we text throughout these games, and there was one of them. I don't remember if it was – I believe it was game three where we were just like, oh, Nurkic looks really tired and really bad right now. Yeah. He was dropping passes under the basket and just didn't Sluggish. look like he had any movement. Um, yeah. And it's and unfortunate. The emotional toll, too, of, you know, of his grandmother passing. So it's – I think, you know, it's it's been a lot for the Blazers. Um, and yeah. I think that, you know, without Zach Collins and, you know, it, it's, it's one thing that they didn't look great in these last three games or they didn't look as good as they did in games, game one, but the Lakers played about as horribly as they could have played in game one and really only lost in the last two possessions. So, you know, like KCP started, you know, he made a shot, <laughs> he made a shot. So I, I think it, that LeBron is so no, good. He knows better. that. Supreme dreams in that team at RDC World is going to give us some great LeBron in the team content, and yeah. so that he gave us one. Um, yeah. yeah, LeBron seems to be clicking, especially offensively. The last two games, I mean, he was great in Game One stat wise with that triple double, but now he's he's hitting that logo three. Somebody said, uh, "This is the LeFuck you James showed up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, though, um, and then. Uh, Anthony Davis at times looked dominant. Um, there's really which we haven't really seen nah. in the bubble, like only one or two games. Yeah, he he's really kind of taken over games. Um, 
And it hasn't just been inside, it's been with the mid-range, but he's been kind of bullying people inside, getting rebounds and dunking on people. Um, and I think that the Blazers really miss Zach Collins in this time because not that Zach Collins is the Anthony Davis stopper or that he's some star player. It's just that you need to be able to mix up Nurkic and Whiteside's minutes a little bit just because... Yeah. And White- he started. Like, he was a starter. Yeah. So Whiteside is just so inconsistent. You really never know what you're going to get from him. He's great in game one. You kind of forgot he was on the team the rest of the series. Um, and then if Nurkic can't really get any rest because you have to bring in Hazonia, then it's just like, all right, well. I just feel just bad don't have enough for the depth. Blazers because the last few years, they just haven't been able, like their bigs just haven't been able to stay healthy. Yeah. And that's been ultimately their downfall. Yeah, and then Nurkic too. I mean, he's this is like the first nine games to you know that he's played. Right. So like, he's just probably not in game shape either. Like that doesn't help. Um. So. It was. I mean, the Lakers are too much to ask for the Blazers. Yeah. And with all that stuff going on as well, it's like they did as as good as they could have. I believe they seem to get hit with the injury bug more than most. So it's hard. it's stemming back to Greg Oden. You got Brandon Roy. I think it's just unlucky. You know, McCollum's gotten hurt in the past. Dame got hurt right before the Warriors series last year. I mean, McCollum's playing, playing with a fractured back. back. Like, it's just yeah. Nurk has just gone out. You've had Collins has gone out. It's just they they cannot stay healthy, and it's, it's super unfortunate because I think you're wasting a lot of good years, and a lot of this idea that CJ and Dame can't win together probably – gets amplified with the fact that you know they face a ton of injuries especially to their bigs and it causes them to just have a lot of matchup issues and they're also all paying i think they're are they over the cap right they're the most expensive payroll Uh, that might have been last year but they're high up where they are in terms of total roster payment as well yeah they're going to be close i don't know the actual number but they're going to be pretty close so you know, it's just, it's tough for them. Um, all right, well, we won't stay there. We'll just keep it pushing since the Lakers didn't stop and got them out of here quick. Um, Bucks up 3-1. Magic are one-hit wonders. Game one last year, they beat the Raptors. Game one this year, they beat the Bucks. You know, what is it? Did they just, are they bad enough where people just don't take them seriously in game one? Should they lose game one on purpose and then maybe take game two? Or should they switch the strategy up? What, what do you think? I have no idea. Um, I also saw something that's that was interesting on on Twitter that somebody pointed out. Like, if if the Bucks win games one through three or games one and two when they lose like they did in game one, instead of game three or four, Milwaukee's still considered the favorite in the East, right? It's just like oh, it's just like one game or whatever. Um, so I think that game one loss kind of like hurt Milwaukee. I mean. I'm not going to say that like I wasn't a victim of that either. Cause I still, I still, you know, didn't think that Milwaukee coming out of the series was going to be looking that strong. And to be honest, I still don't think they are, but I do think the narrative kind of changes because Orlando won game one. Um, and I think that Orlando's just kind of got enough pieces where they can get hot or they can be a problem. Um, but like uh, not reliably. So. Yeah. I have a, uh... 
Well, I guess an apology. Giannis is still the best player and best big in the series. So yeah. <laughs> um, but I said, are the Maddox, are the Magic good-ish? Like when you look at them, you're like, actually, they're kind of like, all right. Yeah, yeah, but like, is Markel Fultz your answer? Yeah, that's that's the thing. I they, almost they think no you want to run right? him at two, and then if you could get like a guard, like a legitimate point, like because, a legitimate one. Yeah, like could be just because I think that he's fighting through a lot of his own demons. Demons, for lack of a better word. Yep. It's the whole fiasco with his shot. It's you know, he's kind of getting it back. He's still just, like, super athletic and, and can do a lot. And so now he's like, all right, I had to facilitate, and that helps me not have to look for my shot as much because, you know, he's facilitating. So I wonder if you could say, like, hey, look, like, we got a legitimate one here. You know, we can – you could just do your thing. Don't worry about anything. Just do what you do. It is good to see him back as, like, a regular starter, though. Yeah. I will say that. Like, it is, it's very nice to see him back. That. You know he he's uh he's looked good uh and like you kind of see flashes of it but uh you know I think he's just inconsistent in his scoring right now and it's gonna be hard for them to make any like meaningful strides with that so we'll see how that plays out um that I don't know if you saw the jacket that Aaron Gordon had on for warmups yesterday back. that was unbelievably that was fire <laughs> that was hard. Yeah, bro, I'm getting two. We're wearing that. That was hard, yeah. Um, but yeah, they they seem to they they might be a couple pieces away from actually being someone that can challenge some of these teams in the East. Yeah. I don't think they're a couple pieces away from a title by any means, but no, but like a four or five seed maybe. Yeah, right? like I, I don't think that's out of the question. Um, if you put Chris Paul on that team uh, as their point, how what seed are they? I think they're probably. See, it's tough because, like, seeing what he did with the Thunder. I, I don't know, probably a four or five, but, like, I think they might displace the Pacers. But that being said, like, the Pacers weren't at full strength. So, I don't know. Because the, the East is actually, like, more tough than people give credit. It's to. top heavy, but, yeah. Yeah. But even in the middle, I do. It's actually, like, mid heavy. I don't even know if the top team is the best team, so. Are, are they Are they a better are they better than the Thun- are they better than the Sixers? Like, yes. Chris Paul? Yeah, maybe. I'm gonna go with yes. The Sixers. Uh, we'll get to them. We'll get to them. I was, I was gonna ask a similar question. Actually, we'll get the to them. Um. All right. Enough magic talk. They're uh. They're not that good. They're washed. Okay. Um. Potentially the strangest series. Of all time that I've seen, Jazz Nuggets, three two Jazz. I don't, I don't get. It. I don't get it. I would just. I, actually, I would hate to be somebody that bet on sports and having to, and trying to bet on the series. You just have going in. I would have said Nuggets, right? Yeah, same. And I didn't and really after game one. I would have put the house on the Nuggets. And then games two and three, they just get waxed. The like game three, they got it was like they were down like forty. 40. So like, 
And, and here we were last week saying that Mike Conley is not that big of a difference maker. Mike Conley gets back all of a sudden. They, like, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. If I'm a professional player, I'm making sure to have my kid right before the playoffs, or right when the playoffs start. Apparently, Apparently it's something. But well, it also it, doesn't help that, I mean, it doesn't hurt them that Donovan Mitchell's going God mode, but. Yeah, he joined, was it Jordan and Iverson, only people with multiple 50-point games in the same series? So stupid. I don't get it. Yeah, he's been playing nuts. He's averaging 37.6, four rebounds, and 5.6 assists in the in the playoffs. Rudy Gobert is throwing down big dunks. Yeah. Um, you know, doesn't make any sense. He was like their leading scorer in game two or three, and that's unacceptable. Um, and then, like, Donovan Mitchell kind of, he popped in the scene his rookie year, you know, and, like, everyone's like, okay, this guy is, like, he's nice, like, he might be the real deal. Second year, there's a little bit of a drop-off, disappointing, they get bounced by the Rockets again. And then, I, I was kind of on the idea that I think the Jazz are a little bit overrated, they're kind of the same team, they have, like, a traditional big that doesn't that can't league. dominate, right? Like, I'm not like he doesn't worry me. And and there's some series where you you question in this league can he play at times? And then you know Donovan just kind of takes it to another level, and they look like, oh okay, well they might be able to beat anybody. I don't know what Utah ceiling is. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm just very confused. And then when it just kind of looks like, all right, well, I guess the Jazz are going to just take this one. Jamal Murray no, decided that he's a superstar. Yep. And he's averaging 30.8, 4.9, and 6.8. And he might be the MVP of the first round. Like, as good as Donovan Mitchell's play, like, again, like, we know he's Jamal good. Murray has matched him. Jamal Murray is, like, and it's late in games, too. It's like, all right. With zero turnovers the last Two games, by the way. Zero. It's nuts. And he's got a 50-piece in there and a 40. If I'm not mistaken. Like, he... I just don't know... I don't know how they stop a pick-and-roll with him and, and Jokic. Especially late in games. Like, they literally have to show up. Like, it looks like if you show up and the game is close, you're going to go Jamal Murray versus Donovan late and just see who wins. And I don't know who I'm taking. <laughs> I'm, I'm torn. I, mean, I I mean, my gut says Jamal Murray. I, Donovan. The only reason I think that is because I think that Jokic gives you more of, from a defensive standpoint, like I think Jokic gives you more of something to worry about than Rudy Gobert or whoever, I guess, the the Jazz two-man is at that point. Like maybe it's Mike Conley, and, you know, who, who knows. But I, I just think that, Jokic gives you another dimension that you got to worry about, which opens up the floor a little bit for Jamal Murray. And if Michael Porter Jr. is playing reasonably well, then Murray also gets you know better looks. So like, yeah, I don't know. In this series, I'm surprised they didn't stick with Bobo against Gobert. Yeah, like when Jokic comes out, why not? Anyway, that that'll remain a mystery. Um, okay. We'll just move on. Keep it pushing unless you have anything else for that. Who who do you think wins the series? I'm I'm not joking. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I think 
It's gonna go seven. I feel like I feel like the Nuggets. The, the only reason I, I leaning towards Utah is because I'm still just so confused as to how they got three games up that or two games up, one three in a row that quickly. Like I, I don't, I don't yeah. know. But all right, uh, Rockets Thunder Thunder have some fight. They didn't go out down two zero. Came back win two. I guess they won the two at home, right? <laughs> That's right. Um. <laughs> 32 wins now in games within five points with five minutes or less. That might be the craziest stat of the year. This yeah, team is supposed dogs. to be in the hunt for a lottery pick. They're, they're do- they they have a lot of fight in them. Yeah. Um, Dennis Schroeder is the hottest and coldest player I've ever seen in a series. Like, I would... Yep. I think I was texting you. I was like, I don't understand. I, maybe I was going to text you. I don't think I did. I was like, I just don't understand how he's in this game. Like, he's just, like, bad shot selection, turnovers. And I'm just like, yo, like, you've got to have somebody else that can come in right now. And then, you know, game four, he gives you 30, and it's clutched down the stretch. And they just have something. I don't know what it is besides just dog, but I'm a Chris Thanks. Paul fan again. Like, I don't know what happened. They just look gritty. They got Danilo Gallinari back, like looking like he's on the Nuggets again. Like it's nuts. Um, the biggest story though has got to be Lou Dort about to get paid uh, for his work he's doing. Literally just to defend. Harden is six for twenty-seven from three. He's got seven points on thirteen ISO plays uh, when guarded by Dort. And I saw, oh, I didn't finish writing it. They had 47 screens set in games one and two when Dort was guarding Harden. In game three, they had 92. Yeah, they they can't get him off him. Which. It's crazy. He he just doesn't reach. Nope. I haven't seen him. Somehow stay in front of him. Some like it's it's whatever it is. I, he's got to be in James Harden's head at this point, right? Which is kind of weird to say that this guy's in James Harden's head, but there's yeah. something about the matchup that James Harden does not like. It's he's like they're about the same size, mm-hmm. so it's like Harden usually has either a smaller or bigger guy, so he's usually quicker or just bigger. Sorry, it was ninety four screens in games three and four. Um, so that, that's what's interesting there. Um, but yeah, like he's done an excellent job. Um, it's a shame that he is just like a non-factor offensively. Um, because then you really have to weigh later in games. Like, can he be on the court down the stretch when we need him to guard in the most important time? But, you know. He just can't really well, Billy, score. Billy Donovan's made the call so far um, in the season, you know, judging by the 32 wins under five minutes um, or within that point spread. So it'll be interesting to see what he does, but whatever he's doing, he's got the faith under player. So, yeah. Right. Like this, this, we'll see, yeah, this seems like a good time to ask, should he have got coach of the year? I think it's a really, really I say probably yeah. 
uh, because the Thunder team was nowhere near expected to play like how well they played, right? Like they weren't not expected yeah. to finish that high. Like the um, Raptors were still going to be good, not this good. I understand why Nick Nurse got it for I sure. I get, I get it as well, for sure. But but I, I it's a toss up. Honestly, the only reason that that Nick Nurse and this is going to sound really stupid to say, the only reason that Nick Nurse got it over Billy Donovan is because the Raptors won more games and were higher up. So I think the coaching job is probably the same where they both did a really good job considering what they had. However, I think it just went to Nick Nurse literally because he won more games. I can see that. Best coach on the best team. Um, well, I don't know about the best I, team. No, I know, I know. But I, uh, that's what they say for the MVP, right? Best player of the best team. That's you get it. Um. Yeah, I I wish they would reconsider. I think Billy Donovan would would be deserving here, only because I think the leap from you're gonna get a top five pick to the the five seed is yeah. a higher jump than you were gonna be top eight. You're gonna be probably you know five or six, right? To two. Yeah. No, I, I get it. But anyway, all right. Well, now we can we can get cooking because. Uh, these other ones were, were a fairly quick series. Heat go four zero against the Pacers. Um, Milwaukee's gonna have a hand; their hands full. They uh, they dominated most of the series. The last game was close. Malcolm Brogdon actually played really well in this series. Um, I think the Bucks. Milwaukee's are, missing him. Yeah, I'm gonna miss him a lot. Um, more interesting than the series itself is that the Pacers extended Nate McMillan on August 12th and then fired him after the season. Yep, and so did you read their statement? Yes, I had a statement here, which I thought was extremely disrespectful. It's it's really disrespectful because it's in the statement why they did it. Yeah, so remind you, Oladipo missed a year. Sabonis was not in the bubble. He was in the bubble but not playing. Who was their all-star this year, by the way? Yes, so you got two all-stars that have missed time. So I'll read the statement. The Indiana Pacers announced Wednesday that they have relieved head coach Nate McMillan of his coaching duties. Quote, on behalf of the Simon family and the Pacers organization, I'd like to thank Nate for his years with the team, said Pacers president of basketball operations, Kevin Pritchard. This was a very hard decision for us to make, but we feel it's in the best interest of the organization to move in a different direction. Nate and I have been through the good times and the bad times, and it was an honor to work with him for those 11 years in Indiana and Portland. McMillan took over coaching duties for the Pacers prior to the 16-17 season. In his four years with the team, he led them to a 183-136 record, including 3-16 and in the playoffs. He has an overall coaching record of 6-61 and 5-88, with 17-36 and in the playoffs. McMillan's 183 wins as head coach of the Pacers is the third in team, the team's NBA history. The search for a new coach will begin immediately. So disrespectful. One, don't include my overall coaching record, and then my playoff record. Do not, yeah, do not highlight my playoff. What are we doing? Three and 16 in the playoffs. All right, so last year, their best player, Oladipo, who's cooking, goes down, misses the playoffs. Surprised that they lost? No. Nope. And did they lose in the first round last year? They lost, oh, man, last year. Let me look it up real quick. And, and I would, I would, I believe, 
the three wins are against uh, LeBron's Cavs when they took them to seven, right? When Oladipo was going stupid in the playoffs. I don't know if McMillan was a coach then. I think he was. Um, but I'm not sure. Let's check. Conference semifinals. Uh, but yeah, it's incredibly disrespectful to highlight a playoff record that's subpar, especially when four of the losses this year. Again, Sabonis missed it. The bubble's weird. Um, yeah, boss, yeah, the Celtics swept him around one. I couldn't remember if it was round one or round two last year. So that Celtics team was pretty good. Yeah, and they played the first two games at home, and so it, like you're not yeah, playing it's, Boston with so it's a slap in the face of McMillan. Um, you would expect more from Kevin Pritchard if you worked with him for 11 years. You seem to have a rapport with him. You brought him in. Um, you have to understand that your best players have been hurt or not playing in the playoffs the past two seasons. Um, and, yeah, like, I just don't understand. Again, you just extended him on August 12th. It's not even September yet. Yeah. Uh, with Sabonis, I still think the Heat are a better team, and I don't know if you get out of this with Sabonis. You're not getting out of it. I think you're probably taking a game or two, but you're not getting Sure, but uh, I, I don't know. That was whack. And Woj reported that they're they're going after D'Antoni, which it's not like Daryl Morey is going to let him go easily. So, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we've been good. we've been fans of the Heat publicly, so they look great in the series. Milwaukee didn't have their hands full. Yeah, that's gonna be a good series. That's confirmed. Um, Celtics four zero the Seventy Sixers. Seventy Sixers fire their coach. Joel Hinn said he might want to leave. Not much more to say there. Uh, <laughs> the Seventy Sixers are a mess. Um. I think that, you know, firing the head coach. Brett Brown got the raw end of the stick. Yeah, he kind of, I mean, you put together a roster that doesn't necessarily make sense. The only reason I don't necessarily have a problem with the head coach firing is apparently he was the main reason why Jimmy Butler is no longer in the 76ers. All right, so here's here's the thing. He didn't want to deal with him. Let's. But clearly he didn't want to win either. Let's. If you look at the Sixers draft picks, right? Like Brett Brown has been at the helm of this whole rebuilding thing, right? Like he has been as integral to the process as Joel Embiid has been. A few years ago, they had they had Landry Shamit, who is now a really important piece of the Clippers. You draft Mikel Bridges, who is a really important piece of the Suns. trade a lot for Jimmy Butler and then let him go free and you let JJ Redick walk free. And in return, you signed Tobias Harris to the biggest contract in team history, which first of all, doesn't look like it fits with your two franchise players and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, which alone there are questions about who fits with them or, or if, if they, they fit, fit together. Yep. So you take a player in Tobias Harris who, if you look around the league right now and you say, okay, 
30 players obviously are going to be the highest played players on their team. And then we can probably say 10 of the 30 should be the highest paid players of their franchise history. Tobias Harris does not come close to making that list, right? Not even close. No. And then he you have the third highest contract on Austin his team for a aging Al Horford, who, also who has fit. been a very important piece, but has not been a stud for a number of years. You know, because he's thirty six, I think, right now. So, and let's just call Ben Simmons what he is. He's a point forward. So now you take a team that has four forwards in it and then turn around and blame Brett Brown for not doing more with that team. Mind you, they didn't have Ben Simmons, who is either their best or second best player through all this. So to just turn around and blame it on the coach, and I get that that's how it goes in the NBA and in sports world is somebody needs to be the scapegoat. It's the coach every time. But they had the direction of the franchise going in a positive way. They had pieces, and they gave up so much for Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler and then let Jimmy Butler go. It's just I, – I, I, get, I feel you with the Tobias Harris piece. Uh, and so quick question on that. I was arguing with, my, with a, a friend of mine. Who has the worst contract, Tobias Harris or John Wall? Oh, Tobias Harris. Really? Yeah, because at the you got you got to remember at like I went the other way. I'd say twenty twenty with John Wall at the time. John Wall was a bona fide all star and was one of the best point guards in the league. Right, like he might not have sure. been one, but he was close. And he was at the time considered the Wizard franchise player. And yeah, it was a big contract, but he was sort of at, he. I would say he was at the time of the contract. He was comparable to to Damian Lillard right or at least in the same kind of sure the same Damian Lillard is making an insane amount of money right now but he's backing it up so that's not a bad contract John Wall is also making an insane amount of money he's battled injury he hasn't been playing that well and so like hindsight's 2020 he came in overweight as soon as that season he got hurt too yeah he's got a big but Tobias Harris did not fit with that team, like, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I get hindsight is twenty twenty. However, if I'm like now and I got to take one of those contracts on, I think I'm taking Tobias Harris. But, you know, we can agree to disagree. I think, I think, it's, I think it's a worse contract because it handicapped what the Sixers are able to do moving forward building that team. I think Al Horford is the worst contract on that squad, though. It never made it never made sense. Like, like you said, they have four forwards in their starting lineup, and none of them can like really shoot. So I don't think Tobias Joel Embiid's the best three. best three point shooter. Maybe he might have made a three. I mean, you have Josh Richardson in the starting. Like that's your no. Shooter. I'm talking about of their bigs of of those four. Tobias Harris, supposedly, but he didn't. He didn't make it. I mean, I think he shot. Like thirteen percent from three in the playoffs or something. So four games, but whatever. Sixers, I think that Brett Brown is the wrong piece of that puzzle. Yes. They look good at times in this series too. Like they there was potential that they could have won one or two of those games. Not saying they would have got both, but they were in Joel some of those out. games. Joel and be balled out. Um but 
you know, it is what it is. Celtics look great. I don't know how to pick that next series. Um, I have no idea. It's going seven. I think so. I have no idea. Um, Raptors 4-0 against the Nets. They drop 150 without Lowry. They're somehow a great team. Still I had chances it. versus Celtics. Uh, I think it's really 50-50. Um, it's going to be hard to decide that one. Biggest takeaway for me, I think Karis LeVert is a star. Um, I don't think he can be a star with Kevin Durant and Kyrie on that roster. But I think that the Nets would be smart to move him because I think you can get some good pieces for him uh, if you were to move him. Um, and then any thoughts about the Nets uh, wanting Popovich as their coach? I just can't see him leaving San Antonio. I, I understand why, because like you're going to need a coach with... There are 25 teams that would drop their coach right now for Pop. <laughs> 100%. And if you think about the personality, you're going to need somebody who can manage those. Yes. And I think if there's any coach in the NBA, it's him, right? For sure. So I understand the draw, but it's not like that's a team-specific thing, too. Like, I understand yeah, I just, the draw Greg Popovich in general. It's like, so. I, I was like, okay, sure. I want him, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that that was interesting. I thought it was at least worth a little little comment. All right. Um this is this is a very good series so far too. Clippers, Mavs, three two Clippers. Luka's great. Mavs. Yeah, but I, I, I Porzingis has been out for like seven games now. Yeah. It's unfortunate that game one. It it definitely could be three two. Um. I think it's clear that Luka is a bona fide superstar. Um, he's probably on that second tier of basketball players. Um, every day he's inching closer to first tier as well. And I just, yeah, I don't know where I would put him if I'm ranking best players, but he probably has to be top five at like five or four. It's yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, we don't want to do it because he's young and it's it's second year, but like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. He's a problem. Yeah. Um, that game winner was incredible. Um, that's a tough shot to hit. That's uh, a tough shot to take. You gotta have some big ones to to pull that after you've airballed three step back threes in the game. And he just he never seems selfish for how nope. much he has the ball. Some nope. some I don't know what it is how he does it. He doesn't search for fouls. He just. Never, never. I, I so I I see what you're saying because like he has he has the ball a lot, right? And he is that part. He is their offense, um, in the focal point of their offense. But like there are some players who are the focal point of their offense and are offensively capable, but will look to shoot anything. Yeah. And any time that like Luca shoots a lot, but there are, it's very rare that it's like that was a bad shot. Like you shouldn't have shot that. Yeah. And I think when you just have ball dominant guards that can score, you get that. So I think he falls in a category like Curry, who also has the ball a lot. Curry is a little bit more willing to give the ball up and can move off the ball better than Doncic, but they both seem to just make everybody better. And and you never feel like when they have the ball, like it never feels like they have it too long. Black hole. 
Right? Yeah, yeah, and it is a black hole, but it isn't. <laughs> but, but it doesn't feel like the offense stops. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a black hole where maybe you're just like on the on the cusp of it, so like you still think oh, I can get away. Like I'm not getting That's sucked true. in. Like I'll be That's all right. right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the PG memes hilarious. I need all the nicknames to keep coming. I need all the nicknames. You know, pandemic P is hilarious. Uh, championship Chuck is hilarious. Uh, it's really interesting because he came out and said he was in a like in a dark spot or whatever. Um, which I, I can I can understand. You know, somebody like it. it it's got to be really tough for these these players to be away from their families and away from everything and be in this bubble and basketball tour twenty four seven. And I get all that, but like I just feel like it's. I feel like that's weird to refer to. Like, if you're in a truly dark spot, I don't think that one game changes that. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to speculate on somebody's mental health. But, like, it's just it, – it felt weird to me that he was, like, I was in a I was in a bad spot. You know, like, this is not fun for me, blah, blah, blah. And, and he hits the shot. Like, he's just – he hasn't been playing – he's been – taking the right shots this series. They just haven't been falling and it falls. And I, I get that. Like that's could be refreshing, but it, it, for him to be like, Oh, I was in a bad spot. I'm good now. Yeah. That that was my thing. Like, again, I never want to trivialize somebody's mental health. Right. And I believe, and I believe him what he's saying. I think that he might've potentially been mislabeling what was going on. Yeah, I think he might as he, he he could have been in a dark spot. You know the the memes and and you and you hear it on TV and it's it's highlighted and they keep asking Kawhi, you how come Paul George can't shoot? And Paul George got to be like, oh, you know, we just got to keep going and, and all that stuff. Um, I can see how that can get to you, and and so hopefully he is back and is not in that that space anymore. Um, and if he's going through those things, I I hope that him being able to express that and, and say those things allows him to figure out how he can get something or, you know, right. someone to help him with that. And then he has that. that kind of, like, yeah. support in the bubble and access to, like, the resource that he needs. Yeah. So, But he's also not going to shoot 80% from three every single game. No. So. So, yeah. Um, Kawhi might be the most consistent player in the league. Like, this man just hits elbow jumpers like it's nothing. And it also might be the most emotion that we've ever seen from him. Like, when he just palms that ball that Boban tried to throw, one that was ridiculous with his offhand, too. And then Jackson throws up one of the ugliest attempts I've ever seen. He somehow bobbled the ball, like, three times on his jumper. I was just like, oh, my goodness. And Kawhi goes, I didn't get the ball up for you to do that shit, <laughs> You know he's serious when he's saying that. Too. I know like, he's serious he's too. Not, like he doesn't he doesn't speak except for once a year. Um, but that series is good. Uh, I, I'm hoping that the extended break allows Porzingis to play in that game because I think that that series feels like it should go seven. Um, and just kind of come down to the wire and see who can hit one yeah. Kawhi or um or Luca. So, um, before we leave that one, did you think? Marcus Morris stepped on his ankle on purpose. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, player in NBA history. He's, he's not. Before. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, to me, it didn't seem like it was on purpose. It so okay. So it's this tough. is this is how I thought about like you remember back a few years when Grayson Allen was tripping everybody at, when he was at Duke. Yeah, he was doing and on then, purpose. And then these plays happen over and over again, where it's like it could have been intentional, but it also couldn't have been, and it. It, at that point, it was just like he doesn't get a pass anymore if it looks remotely close. Like, sorry, you like you got, you know, if somebody had done that exact same thing but hadn't didn't have a history of it, it'd be like, okay, yeah, no, it was I was unintentional. But then he did it, so everyone's like, well, you know, what? he's got enough passes. It felt kind of the same thing with Marcus Morris. It's like, yeah, you know, you probably. I think he heard his himself with the statement like, you know, I respect the game so much. Like, I would never try to intentionally hurt somebody, blah, 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 blah. And then somebody was like, is this you? And then show the clip of him on the Knicks where Justin Anderson is guarding him and he smacks him in the head with the ball. Um, So I think you lose a little bit with that. So that's unfortunate, but, you know. I hope it was unintentional. I, I hope it was unintentional as well. Again, it's, it's very hard to, to goo intent. I thought that he kind of looked to catch him fairly quickly. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to catch him because I'm going to step on him. It was like, step, oh, like he's fall- like, I'm trying to help him up. So uh, I'm on the fence on that one, um, but we'll see. Oh, the the also the one other thing from that series um, is that uh, I just I don't know of a single white person that actually got offended that. Montrezl Harrell said, I can't remember what. I think he said, get that out of here. He called him a bitch-ass white boy. Yeah, bitch-ass white boy. And I just, nobody actually got offended over that. Like, that's the. The argument that if it was the other way around, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been. You're right. But it wasn't. Um, That phrase. Oh, yeah. Because basketball has such a is is fairly African American dominated. When you have white players that can hoop, when they're on the court, that's how they get. That's how they're referred to. Yep. And a term of endearment, and it wouldn't have been a problem at all, no matter what. Is if if it was like, oh, that's a bad white boy right there. I tell you. That's one of the highest compliments you can receive. <laughs> Actually, um, so I, I agree with you. Like I, issue with that. Let's just get that on record. But it's it it it, it it felt a little ridiculous. Um, it's in the spirit of the game. They're going back and forth. Luca's chop is uh is going at him, telling him to stop flopping, and they're getting in each other's faces. So it's it. I understand why. People are like, oh, well, you can't do that. But I, I yeah. also understand, especially because like the, a huge point of this of the bubble has been a highlight on racial equality, right, and these social issues. So I, I understand where they want to come across as well. It does go both ways, but this isn't even close to being like both ways. So yeah, you got to pick yeah. your battles. This is not one of those. Um, before I take over, um. What are your thoughts on them boycotting the games yesterday and then the NBA canceling the games today? Um, so the one 
thought that I have, I guess, is um, I, I really enjoyed what J.R. Smith said, where um, on Instagram, I believe you want a story and just type, um, if, if you weren't hearing us, well, then now you can't see us something, you know, mm-hmm. along those lines, uh, saying that, you know, if you, if you weren't hearing our message, um, and what we've been preaching all along, then like, we're not, you know, we're not going to be playing for you, um, or, you know, for your entertainment, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I thought that that was the best way to, you know, it's, it's a player's league. Um, many of these players have, very personal relationships and um, experiences and what's going on in the world hits close to home for a lot of them. Um, So I I think it's, you know, all power to them. If if that's what they decide, that's what they decide. Um, Yeah, no, I I think, I think if, if anything other, if you're doing anything other than supporting these players, I think that, um, you know, you need to reexamine, kind of and reflect upon what's going on um because if you're more upset about players not playing than you are the reasons why they're not playing then i think that's a shortcoming on yourself um so yeah i guess i guess i'll leave it at that if, if you're more upset about them not potentially playing than you are about why they're not playing then that's something you really need to look into um and then the only the only last thought that I had was um, I do think that the spot I, I think that it's probably you know from from my perspective it's it's they will get more attention in the bubble because all the all the attention is on them and Jalen Brown kind of made this point apparently according to sources during the team meeting or the players meeting where it's like okay so if we leave what are you guys going to do are you going to go home and just not play or are you going to go out and support the movement are you going to go out and protest are you going to out and, and keep your platform because like they all have their platforms there um so i do think if the attention stays on them i think in the bubble i think that it can bring about a better message but i'm also you know a spectator and i have no clue what their plans are that's just my, my initial thought was that like my attention is more on them now than it was when they weren't playing basketball. So, you know, whatever they decide is whatever they decide. Um, but yeah, support the players hundred percent this. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, I'm going to go through the timeline because I think that's important. So yesterday I see the boycotts of the Bucks game to start with. It looked like the Magic didn't know that the game wasn't going to happen. They were almost ready to go. Um, but apparently they both walked off. I'm not sure why they warmed up. It looked like they warmed up and then decided. But that's neither here nor there, really. Um, I appreciated the boycott. I'm with you when you decide to boycott. I felt that Sterling Brown and George Hill made good statements. Um And then I hear this news that the rest of the games are canceled and that the Lakers and Clippers are the only teams that vote not to continue the season. And to me, that's huge news, right? Because you have the two biggest teams here 
these are the two teams really that people believe will win a title. Um, the Bucks are in that conversation as well. LeBron's the biggest name in the game and potentially sports. You don't really get to hear from Kawhi, but you know his actions have spoken with some of the the work that he's done in L.A. Um, I believe he gave out you know a ton of backpacks at the beginning of the season and was doing things like that for schools. And then today, I woke up and I see that the boycott's over and you got games coming back on Friday. And that's incredibly disappointing to me because it just seems like we can't get on the same page to really get the change that we want. The kneeling is great. The Black Lives Matter t-shirts are great. The Black Lives Matter on the court is great. But that's not doing anything because they're not listening to that. They're not seeing that. They're numb to that. Nothing's changing because of that. There needs to be action from that. I don't understand how the Blazers and Magic don't vote to discontinue the season. You got one game left. You're not getting any more checks. You're going to be done. And both, you know, like you're, you're, you're leaving the bubble. It's not that hard to say, look, uh, we can just go. We can just do the right thing here. You know, like we don't need sports. What do we need sports for? Right? It's entertaining. I get it. I love basketball like the next guy. Like, I've thoroughly enjoyed having four games a day to watch from 1030 in the morning till 9 at night. Love it. But you just it just seems like you had the opportunity here to show that you're really the prog- most progressive league, as people say. You have the best commissioner, as people say. And, and this was a chance to, like, you know what? We're going to start affecting people's pockets because y'all not listening. Jamel Hill tweeted, imagine, actually, I have the tweet here. I'll, I'll, I'll read it. The NBA season is going to be canceled because of racism, not COVID. Think about that. The NBA has led the way, really, in how to come back the right way. Um, And they've been able to play with no COVID tests since they got in there, since that first, like, batch of people when they they first arrived. But to think about a global pandemic couldn't stop basketball, but racism did, I think would have just been extremely powerful. Um, When the Bucks make their statement, I think it's a missed opportunity to have George Hill and Sterling Brown there, really. Like, I know I've heard about George Hill doing things in the community. I don't, I haven't heard anything about Sterling Brown, not to say that he hasn't done it. But honestly, I want Giannis. I need to hear Giannis there. The camera angle that I saw and that they showed originally, Giannis is, is not even in frame until almost the end of the video. Like, he's not there. And we need our biggest names to speak out. And we need our biggest name to say, look, no, like it's not worth it to me to keep playing. Y'all keep shooting us. Y'all keep killing us. So why you get to then profit and, and get to be entertained by me? Life is not valuable once I leave the basketball court. It's not valuable when I can't play anymore. They could have inspired athletes in college to say, you know what? Yeah, no, we're not playing. You guys haven't devised a plan that's safe for us to play. It's not that important. We're student-athletes. I think we need to be students first. We can't even figure out if we're doing class in person, if we're doing it remote, especially in the SEC. 
that the South is different. Like they'll they cheer and they they support their football like nobody's business, but it's also real nasty for for people that look like me. It's a chance to inspire the NFL players to say, you know what, we're staying with you. We're boycotting again. We're affecting people's pockets. These billionaire owners that don't even build their own stadiums. Yeah, no, they need to lose some money. When Jerry Jones says he's gonna fire anybody that'll kneel, they're not they're not playing for the Cowboys. I right, bet. Fire Ezekiel and 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 Prescott because they said they're not playing. I dare you. I bet you he won't. Well, he might fire Prescott. You want to give him a contract, but they boycotted one day, and the NBA matched and said we're taking Thursday off. Like to me, that's just not enough. It shows that Kyrie was right. Like this is a distraction. Shirts kneeling. Like they're great, but it's not enough. The WNBA has has attacked this better. They've constantly changed and. And have movements that they're supporting. They stand behind the NBA players. They getting people out there to vote and they're talk they they wore shirts about to vote for a candidate who was running against one of the owners of their own team because that owner spoke out against their own players. They're about action. They've been doing this for years. Maya Moore stopped playing basketball and is freeing people that are wrongly incarcerated. Like what are we doing with the NBA if we can't sit out more than a day? We can't vote to a, a season that looked like it was lost anyway because it's a global pandemic and we, we want to play, you know, three more rounds and, and declare a champion. Like, it's just, it's it's real disappointing. It's whack, like, to to not even be able to make it a full day. We didn't even get a full day. I went to bed. There was two teams that said they weren't going to play anymore. I woke up and everyone's playing again. So I'll leave it at that. Um if there are things in the work and the things that they're playing to do and there's action that there's plan- they're planning to take, then sure, I-, I-, I hope to be wrong on this. Um, but, you know, we've heard from the players. I need to start hearing owners. I need to, I need to start hearing someone besides Mark Cuban uh, kind of speak out and talk in, in-, in ways. Be willing to-, to sacrifice something for the greater good. Um. So it's a it's something that started out and it's great. I appreciate it. I, I like to see that they're boycotting. However, I think you gotta have a little bit more um solidarity and, and come together as a team to really figure out what you're doing. Um if you decide to play, let it be something that doesn't change overnight. You know, let it be something that at least look like you guys at serious conversations, like I think, like at least go through the weekend, sit down for a couple of days to really think pros and cons and come up with a plan. That there just can't be anything that they did last night between, you know, last night and this morning. I just can't. I mean, uh, unless they were staying up all night, and even then, like, you know, I just don't believe that's you've come up with the best plan in in twelve hours. So, um, that's all I have to say. Um, you know, I guess we got basketball on Friday, so we'll be back next week to let you know what happened. But you know, it's it's disappointing right now, and uh, I guess we'll catch you next week.